Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Reske. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to the Gospel Attic Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Greg Bryan, joined with my other co-host, Jim Reske. Jim and I are gospel addicts. And when we talk about that, what we mean is that the good news about Jesus not only brings us to know God for our salvation, but it's really the secret to growing in our relationship with the Lord. In other words, we don't come to Christ by grace and faith and then grow through works. So, um, Jim, I'm going to turn it, you know, talk, talk about that. What is it, what does it mean for you to be a gospel addict? Yeah. Sometimes when we talk about this, Craig, I do the shorthand of saying, Hey, it's just like being an addict. You know, you say, I just can't get enough, can't get enough of Jesus. So that's kind of the shorthand answer, but you know, as we, we talked before, and if I, uh, if I'm giving someone like the long form view of my testimony, how my, my Christian life and how I came to Christ, I would, uh, I would say, or the short form version of that in a nutshell, I grew up a, as a Christian and I thought I knew what the gospel was, but I really didn't. And I saw it like you were just describing. I saw it as like, well, God, the gospel starts me off in the Christian life, but the rest is up to me. And then I don't think I really understood the gospel until I was in my 30s. And then when it really got me and I started, started to get a glimpse of what it really was, then it, everything changed. And from then on, I just... I just couldn't stop telling people about Jesus. And so that's what I think of. I think I'd be the gospel addict. Like it's such incredibly good news. And I was a Christian all my life. And I thought, I thought I knew what it was and I didn't. And so, um, so yeah, no, and now I'm a, I'm a proud gospel addict. So we talk about this because we both experience it. It's so easy to fall into legalism yeah, or license like right. legalism where, um, you know, you're a, you're a believer, you're a true believer in Jesus, but then you fall into this trap of like, I have to do all these things. I have to have this checklist or else I'm not a good Christian. And, um, talk about like, you know, Jim, your experience, like, you know, how at times it was just so hard. You just want to give up. Like, oh. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So that, and, I, and you've heard me say this before, but we talked about it many times, Greg, I felt like, Every time I was in a Christian setting, whether it was church or a Bible study or whatever it was, it was always more, more, more. Every time I was taking notes, and I should be, I hear talk on prayer and I'd say, you're right, you're right, you're right. I should be praying more. I'm not praying enough. You're right. And then I hear talk about the you know, devotional life. You're right. You're right. I should do that more and more. And I'm not doing enough. You're right. And it was always more. It was never less. And it was, I felt like God starts me off. I'm saved by faith. Absolutely. And now the rest is up to and the whole, the rest is up to me. And it's all based on my hard work and effort. And it was dry. I, the phrase I was using, it was dry as toast. And after a while, we, my, you know, my wife and I felt like we're still Christians. We still believe it. And we just wouldn't recommend it to anybody because it's just too hard. And, it, and, and if you're trying to accomplish a Christian life in your flesh, it is too hard. It's not designed to be that way. It'll come out tonight. When we talk about our tonight's topic. 
but it was never designed to be that way. And it, it's a it's a misinterpretation to try to live the Christian life that way and say, you know, my sanctification, my Christian progress in my life is all on my shoulders. It's my hard work and effort. You can't bury that. You can't carry that burden. You'll never make it. And so, and I think people have a misconception. They try to, and then they say, ah, forget it. I can't do it and give up. So we started this podcast because you and I have both experienced this. And we realized that we think this is an issue with a lot of believers. Right. Like it's a very um, common experience for Christians because the default setting of the human heart is basically towards self-justification. We're right. always trying to justify ourselves. Always. So even, even if we're in a church that teaches the gospel, our hearts automatically want to go towards self-justification or outside-in growth. Like, if I do more, then God will love me more, or God will accept me, or I'm, you know. And so um, we just feel like this is a huge issue. Um, a lot of churches get the gospel correct, you know, that it's it's the good news of the, what Jesus has done for us, and it's a free gift offered right. to everybody, the forgiveness of their sins. Well, and then they go on to preach a sermon about, now that you know that, here's the 10 steps you need to do to be a good Christian. So get cracking. <laughs> right. And it's very easy for churches to teach, like, the spiritual disciplines, but right. if it's not gospel-driven then you can easily fall into legalism or just performance-based spiritual growth. Or so we feel we feel very strongly that this is a message that needs to get out there. And we call this gospel-driven sanctification. That's right. And we believe it's biblical because um, in 2 Peter 3.18, Peter says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, May I never, or, or um, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's, it's the power of God. Yeah. The Apostle Paul also said in Galatians, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is like such a powerful um, message that we... Our hope and prayer is that some of you listening, uh, maybe this is the first time you've you've thought of this, that you didn't even realize that you've been, you've kind of fallen into kind of works-based sanctification. And so we hope to kind of set you free from that. Yeah. And 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 to complete the thought you're saying before, it's you either go to legalism or license, right? Those are the, the illustration you you share with me before there's like the two thieves on the sides of the cross that steal away the gospel message right so either you say well jesus died for me but legalism i've got to complete that work which is a way of, it's a form of self-justification or jesus died for me therefore i can do anything i want license nothing matters and that's also another way of saying i'm my own savior i can justify myself they're both self-salvation projects that's why it's so hard to like when jesus says do you trust in me put your trust in me it's hard you say i'm going to abandon my self-salvation projects I'm not going to look to any of those things to justify my life. I am trusting, I am trusting the Lord Jesus, trusting only thee, right? Putting my trust in Jesus for my justification for my life. And it's hard. It's, I think it's, 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 it's harder than it looks to, 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 to the mindset to accept that free gift. Cause you're right. The default setting is always to go back to some kind of self-salvation project. 
It's true. So tonight we're going to dive into John chapter 15 and Jim, tell, tell our listeners like, uh, why are we looking at John chapter 15? So Greg and I both speak and we're uh, part of the leadership team of a uh, Bible study. Um, it, we have like 120 guys come uh, and we uh, have about seven leaders and we kind of get take turns to kind of speak going through the Bible in, in two years. Um, and uh, and we have different pastors to talk about. So one thing we try to do here is we say, hey, your pastor is going to be uh, this in a couple of weeks. And for me, I'm going to speak in a couple of weeks on John 14 through 17. And so what we start to do in these podcasts is we get together and talk about it the way we did before we did the podcast, right? We just got to call and say, what do you think about this? I don't know. What do you think about this? This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, well, I thought about this. I heard this once. And we have those conversations about it. It's not, the podcast is not meant to be the, the polished teaching. We'll take the teaching where it is, and they're never that polished, by the way, but we'll take the teaching later when it comes and turn that into like, break it up into a couple podcasts so come back later if you and you'll hear it kind of but this is this is the raw material this is us kind of struggling with it the way you would do if you're if you're sitting there in your own devotion or with a friend reading the bible and trying to understand it and, and pray that the holy spirit illuminates it to you as you read it and brings these things to your mind and, 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 and teaches you about what it means so that's what we're doing in the podcast and that's what we'll do tonight and tonight we'll do we'll be doing john 15 yeah so let's Let's jump in. Let's jump into John 15. So I think we'll just take this a couple verses at a time. Um, so I'll go ahead and start reading. Let's let's read the first section. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples right before he gets arrested and eventually um, he ends up going to the cross. Um, so these are some of his final words to his disciples. And the disciples are kind of scared. Um, they're they're they don't know what's what's what exactly is going on, but these are important words and some of the best, some of the most um, powerful and comforting words in Scripture. Actually, yeah. You want to so read John chapter fifteen? I'm reading from the NIV version. Jesus said, "I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit." While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I, and I also, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." So let's, let's stop there. Yes. Yeah. So Jim, what are some of your initial thoughts here? Well, it, so like I think you're saying this, these are some of those beautiful words of the Bible, right? The, the notion, the notion as a Christian of abiding in Christ. And so on our last podcast, we talked about John 14 and how about so much of that is relationship, right? Relationship with him, you know, and that kind of sets up John 15 and Jesus is, you know, Philip is saying, show us the father and Jesus. Says, Have you been with me this long? You don't know me. 
So that's all about knowing me. And now we're getting moving on beyond that to John 15, we're abiding in him, right? And I thought it was crazy. The first thing that really struck me tonight as you're reading it, I mean, I love these first two first two verses, right? I am the true vine. My father is a gardener. Um, you get a sense of there's different characters in this play. There's different roles. There's the vine, there's the gardener, right? The father cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it'd be more fruitful. There's a whole pruning thing to talk about. But it's verse three that struck me, right? As you're reading it, it seems so gospel driven because it seems like it doesn't even belong here. He's talking about the vine. They got a gardener. I got pruning. And it go to right four. It says, remain in me. You can't bear fruit on your own. You got to remain in the vine. It's all this vine analogy. But right in the middle of this paragraph, it's so beautiful. There's verse three that says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Doesn't that jump off the page? It's not, it's almost like it's not supposed to be there because it's all about a vine, an organic gardening metaphor. And then somebody's going to a clean, dirty metaphor, right? Right in the middle. Like you've got to remain in me. You've got to bear fruit. There's a, there's a someone's going to come. He's a vine dresser. He's pruning all, all this stuff. Right in smack in the middle, you are already clean. And you're clean because of the word I've spoken to. And that's pure gospel, right? Yes. Yeah. Isn't it? Don't you, you know, you know, I'm going, don't you? Right. Yes. Right. All everything you're doing is all in response to what I've, he's already done for us. And he, in the middle of it, he has to remind you that. So you don't say, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I got to do all this stuff. I got to. Right. OK, I'll, I'll work on it. I got to make myself clean. Right. If I want to be clean, I better I better connect to the branch. I, right? I got to right? clean up my act. I got to clean up my right. <laughs> and right. So right not in the middle, not before, not after. Right in the middle, Jesus says. Okay, you're going to get this wrong. Let me give you a reminder. You are already clean. You're saved. Not because you're abiding in me or you're getting pruned by the Father. You're going through that's a whole other concept. You're remaining. The, you are already clean. because of the, Not because of what you've done. You're clean because of the word I've spoken to you. That's I, great stuff, man. I know. And I, I don't think I... This is why we do this podcast this way. Because I don't think it struck me before we were reading it tonight. Like, bang, right there in the middle of the first paragraph. Yeah, it's one of those verses that if it if if it it does, it seems out of place. Right. It right. seems out of place at first, but then if you if you understand what it's there for, um, it's it's pretty powerful. You know, one yeah. of the things that it strikes me is like, well, verse two, um, but before yes. I get to verse two, the idea that you know, um, he, he's the vine, the father's the gardener. We're the branches. Right. We're essentially twigs. That's right. <laughs> We're just twigs. That's right. Which is kind of a humbling thought, like, That's you know, because right. we oh, like oh. to think of ourselves a little higher than that. <laughs> But, don't overstate your importance you're just a twig and it, we're just twigs we're just twigs and then in verse two it says he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit and every branch that bears fruit he prunes and so that just reminds me that when we're not bearing fruit you know there's discipline that comes yeah. which is painful right. but when we're bearing fruit there's pruning that comes to make us even more fruitful and that's right. painful that's right and so it's like we, you know, and I, I guess I kind of compare, I would, I would um, say these are like trials. Mm -hmm. um, the one is like, the one is like discipline. 
Like when we start straying away from God, God will lovingly discipline us. Right. But he also brings trials into our lives. Maybe when things are going well and when we're being fruitful with the purpose of making us more fruitful. Yeah, that's right. So that's our real promise, right? You you think, and and that's not human nature. You say, God, everything's going well. And if calamity comes to your life and you say, I'm walking with you, God, how could this happen? You have a really earthly kind of metaphor for looking at a worldly metaphor. You're thinking, I've done these good things. I should get rewarded for it. And this is when things go well, you're going to get pruned. And during those two times, whether it's whether it's discipline or trials, we need to remember that we're clean already. Amen. That, that you know, God's God accepts us and loves us the same as, um, you know, his love for us never changed. That's right. That's right. Um, so then, you know, this whole idea of remain in me. Think about this. How many people like abide in Christ? Like, you know, it's basically abide in Christ or stay with Christ, remain with Christ. How many people, Jim, are abiding in their church or abiding in their pastor or abiding in um something other than Jesus? Right. Like they're looking for life. They're trying to they're trying to find life, you know, in something else. Yeah. And sometimes it's good things. Like this, this whole idea of like, remain in me like this, this is a huge, huge um, reminder to the disciples. Don't try to find your life outside of me. Well, yeah. So honestly, I I, got to give a a shout out here because my wife and I talk about this all the time. It's one of the major themes, I think, of her Christian life, this idea of abiding in Christ, just abiding. And part of it is if you feel like as a Christian, so like, look, you're a full-time Christian work. And if you feel this pr- pressure to produce fruit, you're supposed to show, and if you're a pastor of a church, people always say, well, how many people are coming to church? And I know, by the way, I started this Bible study, or the, the start of this podcast, I mentioned how many people are coming to Bible study. So I threw out a number, right? Um, but I think when you're full-time ministry, you get that kind of pressure of that, like, you're supposed to produce these numbers, it's supposed to be bearing fruit, it's supposed to be growing. Whatever ministry is, it's supposed to be a growing ministry, a thriving ministry. But the command is not, look at these verses. There's not a command to go out and bear fruit. Like there's not a there's no command. And by the way, you're supposed to squeeze out fruit. The command is abide in me. The command is remain in me. You're supposed to be connected to him, drawing your life blood from him, drawing your life right from right right from him. And then you, that's how you're going to produce fruit. But you're what you're what you're supposed to be really doing is abiding in him. And sometimes it's like and I and my wife and I talk about this a lot. Um, in the Christian life, it's just enough to abide in him, just to be close to him, just to dwell in him and be connected to him. That's what he really wants, right? Yeah, uh, but it, it's it, and it sounds so easy, but it's it's not. It's like a it's like a daily moment by moment decision. Yeah, right. You right, know, right. But you're right. You're right. I mean, there is tons of pressure when you're in ministry to to produce fruit. And um, but I can't produce it like, you know, only God can produce the fruit. Well, that's right. You said like you said, the, the my job is to abide in Jesus and that's to follow right. him. And um, sometimes, um, especially people in full time ministry, we we fall into the success syndrome where 
we have to be feel successful and so everything has to be bigger and better and but the, the guys the older i get the more i admire the guys that just remain faithful that's right and i think the the whole idea of abiding a lot of it it, it is it, it's a faithfulness it's 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 a, a faithful dependence on god um and you could look at like verse 7 you were reading earlier if you remain in me that faithful dependence on god right just remain in me and my words remain in you i mean this so this is the notion of this is what you're just soaking up god's word getting into your life just dwelling on it just you know um you, you you can't remain in him without just soaking up his word and and having it just fill your life right and that's kind of one of the main ways in which you remain in him is is uh, is just taking in his word every way you can hmm. that's great i love verse five you know the second part of it apart from me you can do nothing right boy i think that i think again that's a that's a huge message uh, for so many Christians, because I think it, we think we can do a lot of things apart from, from God. Yeah. Um, especially American, you know, American Christians, because we're so independent. We're so self-sufficient. We're so self-centered. Um, right. I mean, that that's that's really challenging to hear apart from me you can do nothing right apart from abiding in christ you can accomplish nothing that will last for eternity no lasting spiritual fruit you can do things but um but this is a whole different metaphor for the christian life it's this is not a rack up your spiritual accomplishments which every other religion would be right you know make sure you do all these things to achieve whatever the religion wants you for this is just you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I said, uh, I, I don't want to get out of, uh, out of uh, speak out of turn about other religions that I don't know everything about, right? I'm just wondering if you could, could you hear Buddha saying the point of Buddhism is to be connected to the Buddha, to be really personally remain in him, like have a deep personal relationship with him. Other religions don't offer you that. They just say, here's the here's the teachings, here's the precepts, here's the pot, the philosophy. Go do these things. Christianity is. Mm. Oh, utterly different. It's not like he's he, he, this, and that's why John 15 is so key. You say it's not about your spiritual accomplishments. It is about me. It's a relationship, not a religion. It is, and, and that whole life we say it all the time. Christianity is not a religion; it's a relationship. I think John 15 is kind of the core of that message, right? Because it says, "What I, you know, what I want from you, abide in me, be connected to the vine." That's the so the life the flow of the vine is going to flow through you. And then all these other metaphors, like, and if you're not, you're going to be, you're dying off. It's spiritual death to be disconnected from the vine. You're going to be connected to me and abide in me. That's the whole point of the Christian life is connection with Jesus, relationship, not religion. That's so true. I love verse eight too. This is to my father's glory. You bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Right. Um, you know, um, your life will, if you, as you're abiding in Christ, you will, you know, there will be spiritual fruit, but right. I think it's different than the spirit, the fruit that we are expecting, you know? Also, um, well, I don't think it's necessarily quantity numbers. It's, it might be quality. Like I think about um, some of the men who have invested in my life 
um, who I would say, you know, have mentored me and discipled me. One of them is your father-in-law. Oh yeah. But another, uh, I won't speak of him right now, but he's along these lines as well. Um, um, I have a longtime friend, uh, KP, who led my older brother to the Lord and um, started investing me as a, as a non-believer, but he was a pastor of a tiny, tiny church. I mean, he probably had less than 50 people ever attend his church. I never, ever attended his church, but he would drive an hour and 15 minutes one way to spend an hour with me wow. um, to mentor me to pray with me, to encourage me. And he's he's done that throughout my whole spiritual life. He's like a, a spiritual father to me wow. um, because of how he invested in me. And yet, you know, like I said, I never went to his church. I never, you know, it, his motive was never to bring me into his congregation or, um, and he had very difficult, like his, you know, his his church jobs were like difficult you know congregations you know um so anyway just to, just to just to say um and and i think your your father-in-law has done the same thing i mean he would you know uh the amount of time he spent with me um just to encourage me um as a young um you know, full-time worker. It was just amazing. And uh, I'm just so grateful. But th that's the kind of fruit that, like, it's not the kind of fruit that you would see on a Sunday morning, like, or that makes the newspapers or, you know, it makes headlines. It's, it's, but God sees it. God yes. knows that God knows the difference. You know, some, some people bear a ton of fruit, but you would never, ever know it. Like, um, like your father-in-law, for example, you, you walk, if you walk by him in a Walmart, you wouldn't think anything, he, he doesn't stand out as like some spiritual giant, but, but I I'm telling you, he is, a you know, God has used him in a mighty way in many, many people's lives, um, like mine. And he's impacted hundreds and hundreds of people's lives. I mean, you saw it on his, what was it? His 90th birthday yeah. or was it his 80th or? 90th just we had just had his 90th yeah birthday. the 90th birthday all the people that came there and shared testimonies about the impact he's made on their lives yeah that to me is an example of like bearing much fruit yeah and so we uh, we didn't define fruit when we first started maybe you think about that um because you, you, you're right when i see that my father-in-law that that fruit he's had is that just the impact on people's lives right it's not just converts to Christianity. It's also just helping people grow the way KP helped you grow. But when you yes. talk about it, it's not always obvious. I would add my my mother-in-law who passed away, recently passed away. She was um, quieter and in the background, but her life bore all kinds of fruit as well because she was quietly ministering to people. And a lot of people were my father-in-law. So people were like, they'd gather around him and talk about it. But she had this... Her life produced abundant fruit as well in a much more quieter, quiet way. In a, a that way that is so true. Yeah. And 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 honestly, I, I think that's the, the legacy is we think about we think about abiding in Christ is like the way they did it, you know? Yeah. It's just, um, I don't know if I told you the story. I met my father long before I met my wife, but before I met his daughter. No, I didn't know that. Summit at a, at a 
at a Christian gathering and he was a spiritual leader then. And I was a new, new Christian. And I remember asking him, you know, how do I, it was actually, I'm, that's all kinds of bearing fruit. Like, how can I be effective for Christ? And how can I, um, you know, uh, have a life that really matters for the Lord. And, and he, uh, I, I, and all these years later, I, I think I was in my, probably my mid to late teens at the time. Again, years before I met his daughter that I would eventually marry. I still remember his advice, which was, you've got your whole life, the ministry of your life has to be an overflow of your life in Christ. Ministry is an overflow of your walk with God. Yes. Which of means, your abiding in Christ. Of your abiding in Christ. You need to, it's exactly John 15. You the need more, to the more you abide in Christ, the more the fruit is going to come. Because if you think about it, if we're twigs, like yeah. we can't just, we're not, we don't, we're not just there as twigs trying to push, push the fruit out. Like, you know, force, you know, we can't force the fruit. Right. We just, we just have to abide and let, let God, God bring the fruit. And I definitely would testify that anything good that's happened in my life is a result of, is because of Jesus. Well, apart from him, you can do nothing. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.